Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Temple Tonelli, and I'm joined this week by the whole crew. Jason from Frozen and Carbonite, Mike Munzenreiter, and back from vacation, Patrick Kagongo. We're here to talk about the coming year and what we expect to see. Patrick, it's been a few weeks. Hit us with your first prediction for 2022. Hello, everybody, and Happy New Year. I think the first prediction that comes to mind is that there's going to be... I think that there's going to be a major industry shakeup. And I'm thinking along the lines of when Workshop and Habitat shuttered after they hit the financial skids and things got really scary and a bunch of people scattered. I don't know why I have that feeling. I think that things have been, quote unquote, good for the last two or three years and everything that goes up must come down. Maybe it's a little bit negative of me, but it's already been a very challenging week, at least on the work front. So maybe I'm projecting a little bit. Jason, what are you expecting for 2022? 2022. Well, in terms of up and coming rippers, I predict that Ben Laurie from Australia, a kid who, you know, I've recited chapter and verse of, you know, how hard he rips and whatnot. I predict that A, he's going to have a part in Polar bid. B, Nike Park, and C, GoPro for Polar. Damn, hell of a year. He got a Slam Magazine Skater of the Year maybe last year, two years ago? Yeah, something like that. Stone Cold Ripper, for sure. So is that a prediction, too, that we're going to get a Polar video in 2022? Yeah, it's been a minute. So I, th- I think he's going to drop something. Also, Jason, I noticed something on, I think it was Pontus's Instagram stories earlier this week. He posted a, a very crudely drawn map with, I guess, the locations of everybody who's on the team. And it looks like maybe the gears are turning for something. Probably not a tour, but if he's mapping out where everybody's at and kind of thinking strategically, maybe you're right. And a polar video would, it would definitely hit the right way. Who else is overdue for a video in 2022? That sounds so weird to say, by the way. Feels like, I mean, we were just talking about the pandemic before starting to record and like, yeah, part of my brain is still stuck in 2019. Yeah. Yeah, the whole video production in COVID is like a weird thing. Like the, the chocolate video, it seemed completely outside of COVID. You know, it seemed just like a normal, you know, pre pandemic skate video. Right. Not a lot of masks and on last week's show, which uh, kudos. That was great. Brilliant. Morello didn't really get into, you know, it didn't seem like it impacted the production either. Yeah. yeah. I wonder well, what this next round means. I mean, I anticipate that it's probably going to mean another wave of very, very good regional videos, kind of like the quasi video that they did all in the Midwest and Rust Belt areas. I don't know. I do not anticipate that we'll have the same sort of shutdowns that you saw in 2020. However, I think that, you know, folks will probably be feeling risk averse and not want to be like, I don't want to travel someplace and then all of a sudden find out that like a whole bunch of stuff is closed or spots are blocked off, whatever. I th- and also, I think there's also that sort of sense of adventure of being within your own backyard. So, and that was something that I think I, I at least I hope will carry over into this new year is regional exploration. I mean, just like the stuff that's been coming out of South Florida, all the Miami stuff, uh, especially with the dime guys being down there. That's been wonderful to watch. Do y'all have any predictions of any new spots, new countries, new places that's, that are going to pop up, that are going to blow up in 2K22? Well, uh, Australia is not necessarily a new place, but I predict that Supreme is going to open a store in Australia and we're probably going to see more Ben Lowry in a Supreme edit. Sydney? Damn, that's a bold one. I think, thinking about new spots, I think they've covered like the whole Mediterranean. Like They got Sicily... Like Majorca, Cyprus. You know, are there any like Sardinia? Have they been to Sardinia yet? 
I don't know if anyone's been to Sardinia Has yet. Been and, Atlantic to Sardinia or like uh, Canary, I- well, Canary Islands. Like, there's a park there and shit. But yeah, Corsica. Um, there's been a little bit of Morocco footage over the years. Algeria, because Algeria also has a lot of uh, modern architecture from the 60s and 70s. That's very, very skatable. Hmm. Um, Tunisia is supposed to be chill. Um, Egypt, I have no idea. Uh, there's a- oh, go on. Are there any spots in Libya? I mean, that would be hard body, but what's <laughs> I don't know. What's, I, there's what's got the to be situation in uh, in Tripoli. I mean, there's got to be. There's got to be. If if a bunch of kids can create a, a DIY skate park in Uganda, shout out Kampala. Um, there's definitely got to be spots in Libya. I mean, pretty much any country, any country which you got a lot of money from oil production meant that you know it means that you were probably going to have some very modern, beautiful buildings done in marble, concrete, wherever. I know there's an Israeli crew called Finer that they have. Um, They've been doing stuff on Instagram for a while. I've been following them for a minute. Obviously, uh, not only the nonprofit SkatePal, which has been doing stuff in Palestine. Uh, there's a new park in Beirut. I mean, yeah, you're right. Like, there's most of the Mediterranean is covered. If it's not in videos, it's at least happening on Instagram. I mean, shit. Even the Gulf. Goodness, like uh, the carpet. Like the carpet gang. They went to they went to UAE. The shit looked out of control. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think where else. I feel like South America is kind of an untapped resource. You know, Argentina is, is a first world country and has really sick spots. Andrew Gray, Rides for the Killing Floor, listens to this podcast. He's from, or he lives there and he skates a lot of sick shit down there. So I think South America is is our untapped resource. Mm. Yeah, there's, there's that one plaza in Buenos Aires, I think. Tom Penny skated a couple of times. The thing about South America, though, that I've always heard is that you pretty much need like a uh, like a call of duty squadron to go around and skate anywhere at least in brazil you know what i mean mm. a little strength in numbers type business mm-hmm. yeah no no i mean like actual armed guards oh no sh- <laughs> i heard that well, was for S rio team, not, not s so team famously Paulo. got got robbed in peru at gunpoint yeah. what really yeah they were no. filming i think i think somebody was like standing in the street filming and somebody came up and just like you know, gun to the face, give up the camera. So you're telling me somewhere in Peru, there's somebody who's got like a bunch of unreleased S footage. Yeah. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> Can you imagine if just says like somebody just sets up a, a random YouTube channel, you know, secret tapes of S. Yeah. Making money got two that ways. Blind video too, man. You know, <laughs> what if it's just the skate capers? It's the same dudes who stole that blind footage. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then also, like, uh, there was that workshop footage that got stolen from uh, Bo Turner and all them. It was the stuff that was supposed to end up in time code, and they got jacked, and boom, shit's all gone. I think, I think it depends. In South and Central America, it depends on which country you're at, who you're rolling with, and whether or not you're, I mean, whether or not you're flexing with expensive gear. Uh, moving, like, way further north, but um, Mexico City has been popping. I mean, Mike, you went to Mexico City, like, weeks before the pandemic hit right it was like uh we got back the ninth and i think the nba like rudy gobert tested positive on the 11th so yeah we we got that in under the wire i'm actually talking to that same buddy about going back because it's just like well all right <laughs> we're just living great food this. amazing skating um great also like uh, a lot of cities in northern mexico too like uh that all uh dot along the border but particularly like along the texas border there's, there's definitely stuff up there, too. Um, I've also heard Monterey is, is supposed to be good. Before I forget, I got I to gotta add, my buddy got his VX1000 stolen from his room at our house. Where I can't. There's like some like 
ancillary dude we think like snuck in through a window and stole it but there was a tape in there that had a sam mcguire nollie heel flip frontside nose slide to fakie at that famous bank to ledge spot in minneapolis damn this clip was on that tape and it was stolen before it could get captured oh. sorry sam yeah god that's frustrating I'm trying to think what else. I mean, there's always going to be, there's, you know, there's great spots in cities that we've seen hours and hours and hours of clips from. But I'm trying to think in terms of videos, you know, we've had a lot of standalone parts. Are we going to see any sort of change in format? Is there going to be something a little bit different? Like, you know, I think Tim and Henry's came out in 1992. So this is the 30th anniversary of Tim and Henry's. When are we going to get another video like that? Because as important as Questionable was, which came out the same year. It feels like modern street skating owes just as much to Tim and Henry's as it does to Questionable. And I wonder if we're ever going to get another two-piece like that that will change the game. I mean, there was that, that one, um, it was like Bobby Warris and Yalta Hallberg. Oh, yeah. That was, that was kind of like a modern Tim and Henry's. But I, I think now videos just don't have that impact anymore. You know, it's just it, like the, the content stream is too heavy. I'm kind of surprised we never got another uh, like P-Rod style buy it for three bucks on iTunes. Probably not really how you buy it anymore. But like, I feel like that uh, that entire business model never really took off in a way that it could have. I mean, probably because people just flooded the market with free content on YouTube, on Instagram. And especially as people got better at doing stuff on Instagram, they were able to develop personalities. Next thing you know, you now have, um, you're probably going to come into a, a second generation of skate influencers who are much more, I don't know if conniving is the right word, but maybe canny and maybe, you know, just people who are a lot more strategic and tar- targeted about it. You know, I mean, dare I say it, this being LA, don't be surprised if you have skaters who do full on media training or maybe even go as far as elocution lessons <laughs> for their internet presence. I'm dead serious. There's oh, no, like- I'm laughing because it's so terribly true. <laughs> you know, uh, maybe an accent coach. I don't really know how far people are going to take it. But I mean, there is a well-defined lane now for being on Instagram. And I think, but there's also like, there's also, it's weirdly enough, there's also a backlash. And I don't know if it's because people genuinely hate skate influencers on Instagram or just because people are bored and there's nothing better to do. What do you all think? I'm just trying to remember, is that kid's name Burberry Airy or whatever? Yeah, I think so. That's just, just corny. You know, it's just not like, just not cool. I mean, is it one of those... We used to have one Simon Woodstock, now we have a million? Maybe, but Simon Woodstock was never that cool either. He was an anomaly, you know, and, and we all kind of were like, oh yeah, that, that's kind of interesting, but like, take me, take me to the hammers. He wasn't trying to be cool, though. I mean, no, not that I'm like, you know, defending Simon Woodstock here in 2022, of all things, but like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The, the influencer thing is harsh. Jason, you're a teacher, and you get to see, first and foremost, what the youth are doing fashion-wise. Any fashion trends that we should be keeping an eye on? Yeah, back to the influencer thing. There's been a bunch of skaters, like kind of sponsored, flow, whatever, that have been acting as well. I think that's going to become an even bigger thing. You know what I mean? Like kids that are kind of like straddling those two worlds, like the acting realm and the skating realm. But fashion-wise, I think the pants are going to continue to stay the way they are. One prediction, though, we will see $200 skate pants. You're kidding, right? No, no. We're already up to like, like 150, 140, 150. 
we will well first of all gilbert's jeans are not really skate pants per se but they're like 300 ish but that those are like more niche like we will see skate pants by a skate company in the uh 200 range i think um other stuff cardigans were cool sweater vests are cool next year i think it's just like regular pullover sweaters i've been seeing some sweaters Oh, kind of- by the way, Jason, thank you so much for suggesting that I wear a cardigan to the chocolate premiere. <laughs> I got off a very nice fit because it was just like, why is he telling me to wear a cardigan? Should I just wear like a cool shop hoodie and call it a day? And I was like, no, nah, I, I got to look nice. I'm going to a good theater in Glendale. I'm going to I'm going to look fresh. Yeah, listen, if you ever. Yeah, if, if by, along those lines, if anyone else needs stylist services, just hit me up. Very reasonable. Yeah, Which I also pro- wore I also wore my um, my wife's grandfather's overcoat. Sent the picture to my mother-in-law. She she was so proud, so <laughs> proud. So also on top of that, you you got me mother-in-law points. So big shout out to you for that. Hell yeah, dude. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go a different direction with fashion. I want to see some uh, technical outerwear come back into skating. Alphanumeric popped up on Twitter today, and it's like that's kind of the direction I'm thinking. I think of uh, ATF clothing. If y'all remember that. I feel like they were Inland Empire, like all the fundamentals, mm-hmm. you know, nylon pants with some uh, toggles on the ankles. and Yeah, I mean, Pangea has, has some of that, like, swishy pants with, you know, more pockets than necessary. And I think that, like, technical outerwear is having a moment in the broader, you know, fashion world. So I, I yeah, could definitely see that. hot again. Yeah. Maybe, who, who's going to make the, the cargos that zip into shorts? I mean, Damn, I haven't seen those in a while. I haven't seen those in 30 something years. Echo Unlimited used to make these amazing ones. They had the perfect bagginess fit. They were just tapered enough around the ankle. The shorts, you know, at the time I was not wearing short shorts, uh, but they weren't overly long. They weren't shanks, you know? Right. It's got to be somebody like that. But like, the, you're right. Maybe there's going to be like a technical outerwear renaissance. Do you think that, say, for example, like, like my friend who lives up in the Catskills is like for real, for real into Carhartt because both her and her husband do Carhartt shit on the regular chopping firewood, going out in the woods, yak, yak, yak. Do you think that there's going to be, that's going to dial back at all? Or are people going to go with it even further? Like, and maybe be like, Hey, I'm rocking Pendleton in a, in a skate clip this February or March. Oh, oh well, I'll, I'll put on my Pendleton uh, flannels right now. Yeah, man. I'm go get a it. clip. Yeah. That's an interesting one. Cause it's already like a joke, right? Like there was that meme about like dudes who wear car hard but they can't do like basic like tool shit you know what i mean that's an interesting one maybe maybe people will just be like all right this is enough of this shit we're going back to like technical outerwear maybe or something but yeah like the workwear thing is so huge it might be yeah. yeah it's fucking massive like all these trends are like it's always like oh this is like so big it's too big to fail it'll never you know fall off but then it, then it does you know Right. It's I mean, hard was, to predict. But it's I was also, picking up my kid yes, the other day, sometime this week at school, and there's like, how old would they be? 10-year-old girls rocking their, I, I, I'm presuming Carhartt beanies that they got for Christmas. Like, that's some penetration. That's the, <laughs> that, that might be, you know, kind of the beginning of the end there when it's all the way down to the kids. I don't know. Yeah, once, once it gets down to middle school, it, it's pretty much run its course. I don't know. Workshop was very popular in middle school when we were all in middle school, and they managed to come back and do photosynthesis. I just did a hand motion. That works really well on podcasts. <laughs> I, I agreed with my hand motion. <laughs> I, I, I did like the uh, the Lon, um, Alonzo morning, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, back to the Carhartt thing. I think, though, 
in cities or towns where you have a workwear outlet, Carhartt will always reign supreme because those pants, like uh, the re with the, especially the ones with the reinforced knees and the Carhartt pocket tees, they're cheap or they're relatively affordable, and those joints like they la those joints last. Also, by the way, uh, my friends have the best dog. He's just like such a such a lovely dog. His name is Wallace, and he has like a little uh, like tan sweat, you know, tan colored Carhartt, uh, you know, dog jacket. And I just thought that was really <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, see one of those. That would be hard body. Like you have like the ill Carhartt jacket, like maybe like a work, you know, WIP joint, and then your dog has the same thing for dogs. I think you could get some good Carhartt here at Fleet Farm, like the non-fashion Carhartt. That's the best kind. Fleet Farm, not not wait, not. Knox Fleet Farm, Fleet big Farm. orange sign. They sell. They sell everything. They sell everything. They should send. They should send us a box or boxes. Boxes. They get a box of like horse feed and some like <laughs> uh, barbed wire uh, pliers. Bo oh, box of mulch. <laughs> actually, I actually need mulch. Send mulch. Off-brand <laughs> energy drinks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, see that. Oh, you just actually um, something I didn't write down in the show notes. I think you're going to get some weird sponsors in 2K22. What direction are we are we are we going with this? Well, you just mentioned off-brand energy drinks. Now, here's the thing: like in terms of shoes, I think there's going to be shoe companies that have no business being in skateboarding. I saw what you wrote down. You know, I think um, like Diodora has a shoe that actually feels kind of like the Puma Clydes. It looks and looks has the same look and feel. I'm surprised that they're not sending boxes to whoever like. If we're talking technical outerwear, then we're talking tracksuits. If we're talking tracksuits, you got to go full Italian, Sergio Tacchini tracksuit, Diodora shoes. But continuing on that, that train of thought, I don't know. I mean, like you've seen people getting Target sponsorships, Walmart sponsorships. And by the way, with, like I imagine that most people are who take those aren't saying no because they're like, hey, this is good money and hey, I can send a gift card to the family, you know, and get my own groceries done while I'm at it. But like I've always thought Target is is a fine sponsor because like I shop at Target, I would have no problem endorsing Target, you know? So like get that money, skaters. The Whole Foods? Whole Foods sponsorship? Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I mean, mean that, the, that's the, like getting an Apple sponsorship or something. Like <laughs> that's like a, a high high level sponsorship in, in my opinion. Oh, I mean like back in the day, um, this company has since gone under, but Dean and DeLuca, like if you had if you had a if you were sponsored by high-end grocery oh my god but since they're gone i think the next best thing wegmans i get sponsored by my co-op that'd be dope east side would, like isn't the thing about the co-op is that then you have to go and work at the co-op to be sponsored by the co-op is that how that works isn't that how most food co-ops work like you put in some hours and then you can shop there and such i, I mean, don't we know put down our 100 bucks we're, we're owners so i could just i could just elevate myself to the team real quick <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're an owner, you could you could sponsor yourself. I'm gonna tell oh. the cashier I ride for you now. Yeah, just be like, oh, I'm pro. Get some <laughs> stickers printed up, slap them on your board, show the cashier. That's 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 basically like the black card. Right. Sick. Yeah. I think um, as far as weird sponsors go, I think more skaters and skate com skate companies, like real legit skate companies, not like that kooky one that we saw, are gonna get into the crypto space. Ooh. And start doing shit with that. Ooh, who's got the crypto sponsor? A Didn't Pizza of, like, Skateboards Steve name their video Ethereum? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like Stevie posted something about no, about that was that uh that weird like 
skate NFT thing with all these really like corny cartoons. But I don't know. NF NFTs are corny though. It's always like some like well, I guess apes, all types of like stuff that looks like a third grader drew it. It's like a hundred thousand dollars. I don't know. Fuck the wine. I mean, to be to keep it one hundred, I'll keep my opinion of cryptocurrency and all things blockchain out of this. There's definitely a tiny little space of sponsored and former sponsored skaters who are really, really into it. And it's probably illustrative of that widening inequality gap that's happening in skating that, you know, you've got a tiny handful of people who are doing really, really, really well. And you've got a lot of folks who are just doing, you know, they're probably working for like, they're on the Joey O'Brien tip, like Joey O'Brien, shout out to him who had an amazing year last year. Works a full-time job, films his parts on the weekend, is absolutely amazing. You're definitely going to see more of that. As per which skaters, I mean, just think of the most cringe people you could think of in the industry. They're either already doing it or they're about to. I, I realized the other day that NFTs remind me of skateboard graphics circa like 2012, where seemingly every company yep. just did like, a, like they'd have a pattern and then they'd just swap out colors. And they do a seven deck series and it was terrible, terrible time for skateboard graphics. But I mean, like in addition to skaters fucking with it, I think there's a space for companies issuing like, I don't know, like NFT, like art, like a reissuing a graphic via NFT. I don't know. I'm just kind of like spitballing oh, here. Well, what is, what does the NBA do that you can like own, you know, X player, you could own RJ Barrett's buzzer beater tonight. Yeah. Like clip of that. So can I own? Um, what's a trick I really like? You I know, feel like Pal like, Peralta has has the IP that people would like that the right people would pay a lot of money to claim ownership of. God, yeah. George Powell, the four inverts on the animal chin wrap. <laughs> Mint that shit. Here's the thing, though. You know what we want. You know what we want. We want. The unedited, raw, questionable footage as an NFT. Bro. I'm talking about like whole transfer tapes from questionable. Jake Rosenberg, if you're listening, if you try to make if you try to get like a second house or something like that, or you gotta try to put the kids through college and you wanna make sure that they're going big time, yo, just transfer tape on NFT, dog. <laughs> I'd be I'd be tempted for Mariano to switch big flip at the Adams bump. Ooh. Hey, you never know. Like decks, like new old stock decks, like a, like a Nodis, uh, which we'll call it Devil Board, goes for like five figures, like low five figures. Some of those boards go for like you know ten to twenty. So people have that kind of like money to spend on IP. You know, not just IP, but like a but it's like a physical thing. Of course, it's an empty is it? So yeah, who knows? Probably. I mean, Jason, I think you opened up a Pandora's box because. The push for NFTs within skating is probably going to be um, have a direct correlation to the nostalgia industry and people collecting boards, collecting old shirts, because, you know, there might come a point where people say, hey, you know what, maybe I don't necessarily want, I, I don't have the space in my house to hang this stuff up and I don't want to just keep it in storage and maybe whatever, they'll say like, hey, it would be really cool to have like this Mark McKee graphic, you know, like. There's a lot of there's a lot of illustrators and, and and graphic designers in skateboarding who have amazing work that if you took it off of a skateboard would be fantastic. I mean, we could oh, probably 100%. have a whole conversation about that. And like these are graphics, like you know, those old CCS catalogs are insufficient. It would be amazing to be able to see these things in high definition quality. Um, it would be better to have those original boards or those shirts, but 
I don't know, like maybe there's maybe there's like a happy medium in there. And, you know, the whole point is like being able to maybe trade or sell, whatever. Like there's there's probably like a, a growing market of people in skateboarding who would maybe they're not trying to go, you know, they're not trying to go crazy and spend big money on it. But they would love to be able to be the person that says, like, yeah, I have like all the like that first run of Planet Earth graphics or all the Alien Workshop uh, puppet joints. We, we, we totally stumbled into what could have been its own uh, topic here. Yeah, totally. Could have done done 20 minutes on skate NFTs. <laughs> but Let's Mike Moe is, is starting like a NFT company. He talked about that on his Bunt interview. It'll be interesting to see what that what it'll be interesting to see what happens with that in 2022. Mhm. Mostly skateboarding NFTs. Hey. Hey. Speaking of 2022, let's get a straight up uh straight up a prediction here, Templeton. Oski, he's going to blow minds with his new video part. He's going to grind big handrails. And then a week later, we'll all forget about it. <laughs> well, that's like any it's video harsh. part. Uh, yeah, that is like any video like, part. It's so. like no matter how good. Yeah, that's not really that great of a prediction. Is that in the polar video that we have predicted will come out? I think it's going to be a Spitfire part. I want the polar video, but nobody's really like going like, yeah, we get a polar video. It's these standalone. Do you think, follow question, do you think Oski will be, Oski, Oski, uh, you think he will be in the running for skater of the year? 2022 hmm i think he could be you know spitfire part polar part and then maybe something else he could be a contender i think he has another shoe coming out mm-hmm. i think yeah. i saw that on instagram it's yeah, uh, I with think the it's shark a, I swoosh think it's a, yeah, yeah yeah the shade has a whole shark uh, visual motif i mean are we forgetting that the man just launched his first truck company true yeah their piv first truck company like there's more coming i like that i mean I'd like to think he's going to go and do this again and again. I mean, who knows? What if in 20 years' time that, you know, whatever little empire that Oski's building ends up like uh, the EU's version of Deluxe? Damn. You know? Has anybody ridden those trucks, by the way? Mm-mm. Thunder for well, life. I mean, you know, you know how I haven't. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come on. Come on, y'all. I mean... They, they all look like indie... What are they? 110s, 109s? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they look all, like, like they look like some Indies from like 1982. Yeah, like freestyle trucks or something. Yeah, or something. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I would figure just like having been in, in New York City, being back in LA, that maybe it's like some shop would carry, but like none of the shops that I follow, um, those of which are pretty connected to the industry, nobody's got them, at least over here. Um, I don't know. It, it could also be, I mean, the supply chain is fucked. So there's a lot of stuff that's just held up in customs. And it's one thing, I know a couple of people who've purchased them direct from the manufacturer, you know, direct from Lerpiv. And that's one thing, because you can just throw that FedEx, UPS, whatever. But it is another to send a huge order over to a shop or to a distributor somewhere over on the East Coast and then having that spread out around the country. Yeah, pretty crazy to start a truck company. I don't know why. In 2022. I mean, ever. <laughs> but, I mean, like, you know, Venture and Thunder were at one time, you know, just somebody's idea. So, you know, it can happen. Also, like, let's be honest. Like, the supply, not just the supply chain, but other issues are driving up the price of American maids or uh, American headquartered skateboard goods. And so for somebody like Oski, who was thinking like, it's cool that if I'm, I'm getting free trucks as a sponsored skater, but what about kids who are, who are all over Europe? You know, if I have something that's manufactured, you know, within the EU, and mind you, very similar to Pontus, uh, there are uh, quite a few advantages to doing something like that. Firstly, 
you can actually sometimes get, uh, actually, no, not sometimes, you can apply for uh, not only national grants, depending on what country you're in, but also EU grants. Like you basically would uh, apply for, um, you know, EU invest, like uh, what you might call it, um, local production investment. So like Pontus, for example, like a bunch of the polar stuff I think is made in Portugal and Pontus is from Malmo, Sweden. So not only could he relocate there without having to do, get a visa and do this, that, and the third, or even moving his company, it means that he can get his stuff manufactured in any place in the 27 member states. So he's honestly, I think he's got the right idea, you know? And also it's just like, hey, if it's, if it's available and it's good and there's cool people on the team, it means that at least over there, he can compete directly with like a, a venture, a thunder or an indie because someone's gonna say like, venture's cool, but you know, I only have so many dollars, euros, uh, whichever currency, I'm gonna go with uh, the OSCE joints. What I want to know is, does he have a super chauvinistic truck brand slogan? Because what is it? <laughs> F the rest. I think Venture is the only truck that matters. The Venture was awake. <laughs> well, it's like a it's like a sub sub slogan. I, I'm pretty sure there was a banner ad on Thrasher that was like the only truck. Yeah, they got the only truck that matters. Uh, Indy is fucking hot. Yeah, Ooh, fucking, yeah. What, yeah. Like, what is that fucking hot? <laughs> But they never spell it out. They never spell it out. It could be something else. We don't know. Wait, wait. They never like they use the asterisks for those ads. Yeah. Well, not asterisks, but like um, you know, like a shift numbers line on a query mm. keyboard. At symbol. I've never understood that. Like I, like, I was just thinking about this the other day. Like, why is it like um, even if it's like an American TV. Like, remember NYPD uh, back in the day, and it was a huge to do because uh, they said shit on that show and. What's his face had his, 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 his Dennis Franz. Dennis Franz. <laughs> I think there's like there's some episode where you see Dennis Franz's ass. <laughs> By the way, that's not even the best cop show of the '90s. The best cop show of the '90s. I actually a tie. Uh, New York Undercover and Jake and the Fat Man. New York Undercover. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's also. I have no. It's like oh, we're we're like young and hip detectives <laughs> we're gonna sing cool g rap lyrics to you while yeah, we stop and frisk um, you yeah that was ridiculous um real quick got a prediction back to videos skate videos and that kind of thing i predict that april will come out with an according to hoyle skate video with a guy mariano part and a raisa part yeah I, i'll co-sign yeah, that prediction i think that's yeah happening. yeah that's like sounds, with, for how great. for how heavy their lineup is i think they have to. Absolutely. I, I, I could forecast like a Udo, Sodi push, mm -hmm. or alternatively, which would be pretty dope, a Shane O'Neill, Sodi push. I would like to see that happen. Yeah. Because that's going to be Shane footage flooding the market. Yeah. I kind of feel like Shane O'Neill is like kind of like moving into his like CEO phase, like kind of following in P Rod's footsteps, like still ripping, obviously, but like letting the team be in the forefront. I think this could be Louis Lopez's year for Skater of the Year. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then with regards to Skater of the Year, so we probably saw, just behind us, it was probably the most intense discourse speculation on Skater of the Year. Is the trend going to be for the next couple of years that folks are just going to be thirsty for Sodi? Like they're going to be going all out? Or are we going to ever go back to that random just like, huh, how did Reynolds win it? Phelps like the kickflip? Okay, cool. Guess he, he right. I think there's too much value in Skater of the Year to not have people campaigning for it. And then my follow-up would be this. 
there's been such quality reporting from alternative skate media. So uh, we had Farron Golding on the show um, last year um, and his work over in the UK. You've got Jenkin, Village Psychic and Quarter Snacks all in New York. Uh, I mean, like Jenkin just dropping that piece with Jay Maskus from Dinosaur Jr. The alternative space in skate media is doing such awesome content and such so just like really great in-depth research. I mean, we, you know, we also have to, you know, give props to Chromeball incidents that are, you know, shout out to Chops. Is Sony going to over, is it going to overshadow like the serious journalism and the serious writing that Thrasher does? Are they just, are people just going to be waiting to see what's a, what's at the end of the year? Like who's, who's, who's Sony? Well, they, they've created that hype. You know what I mean? Like it's their focal point for content for like the last three months of the year. So as long as, they, as long as they're the number one media outlet and they keep pushing it and hyping it, then yeah. I mean, you know, just, um, you know, because I had a couple of old trans worlds at my parents' house and these are like the very, very thick ones from the late 90s. And I just can't help, you know, think about the fact that, you know, you used to have such a, excuse me, not a, such a, a more diverse space uh, of Printscape media, like big time Printscape media. And the fact that Transworld is no longer print, the fact that they, you know, that you no longer have those beautiful photo spreads, you have, no longer have, uh, you know, skate trips with National Geographic quality photography in them. Um, skateboarding is like, it's really, really, really missing that, I think. I didn't love their editorial voice, but in terms of pictures and their videos, which you could devote an entire podcast to, that shit was great. I think it would be amazing if Thrasher, like, did like 98% of all of their publications and just started putting effectively, you know, all their articles online instead of the pick and choose model. Like it's really weird how divorced sometimes like the internet version of Thrasher is from the actual print magazine, if that makes sense. You know, we, we, we have a lot of fun, you know, talking about Thrasher video captions or tweets or whatever, you know, how ridiculous they are, but I don't. I need to subscribe again. I'm I'm outing myself. Holy cow! Not subscribed, but you know, I think the the magazine product has definitely taken a turn for the more interesting in the past couple of years with Mike mm-hmm. Burnett running it and put more of that stuff out there. I mean, that uh, people I've known feature is great. Absolutely, and then also just like uh, also like up and coming, like um, shout out Kevin Horn who just got his first photo printed on a billboard. I mean, that's a massive plus. He runs Anomaly Magazine. You know, he's originally from Minneapolis. He now lives in LA, you know. Ooh, ooh careful, careful. He's from St. Paul. Oh, he's from St. Paul. <laughs> He'd be disappointed if, if I had let that stand. <laughs> I apologize for that. I apologize. Um, but, you know, he does Anomaly Magazine. And wonderful. He's a great photographer, by the way. And, you know, men of many, many talents and may or may not be working on a video. But yeah, like I just like seeing that space and, and same thing with Village Psychic, like their, their, um, their limited run print editions. I love that. Like, that's actually really, really great. And a, a really awesome, again, alternative to what Thrasher has been doing. No disrespect to Thrasher. I am a subscriber, by the way. So I am, uh, I'm allowed to criticize. But um, it would just be nice. I mean, again, then there's Slap. Like, Slap was, God, they were the coolest. Um, they were like the Grand Royal of skateboard magazines. It would be nice to have, you know, somebody pull up to Thrasher level and offer something different. You mean in terms of, like, print media? 
Yeah, print media, print media specifically, yes. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't think print media is ever coming back. Like, one thing that would be cool, though, is if, say, like, you know, Core Facts or somebody, I think they did a while ago, make, like, a quarterly or even, like, a like a book. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Jenkum did, like, a, book, a couple of books. I think there's been a couple of them. Just something like that, you know, I mean, in the physical space will be tight every once in a while. Yeah, it's it's also it's something it's collectible. It's something that's cool. It's um and also you know having met quite a few of the folks who do this stuff, it's just really cool to see to see people grow as writers or photographers or videographers uh, working with, uh, with 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 smaller media spaces, and that's something that's really that's really 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 cool. Um, speaking of media, what's missing in skateboard podcasting? Is there something that's going to change for 2K22? I think there's going to be more skate podcasts. Hopefully some interesting concepts that don't involve just interviewing pro skaters. So I think we've got we got that covered with the Bunt and the Nine Club, you know, like and then Lee Smith's podcast too, like we don't really need to interview skaters anymore. <laughs> I mean, we interview skaters sometimes, but I think that we do it a little bit uh, in a little bit more of a focused way. What about an exchange? You know, like like this is going to sound crazy. What if we hosted the Nine Club? Like, we go over to their studio and everything like that. I mean, do you guys remember back in the day, the comics would do an April 1st shakeup where mm-hmm. the artists would, like, switch comics? And yeah. I, I think it'd be pretty rad to do, like, a skate podcast mix-up like that. What would you want to host? What would each of you want to host? Or what, what podcast would, would y'all want to be take, do a takeover for? Oh, the Nine Club, of course. I don't have the stamina for the Nine Club. Get to go to Venice, what, <laughs> like a four-hour, uh, four-and-a-half-hour interview. They've like, yeah, the thing with the interview podcast is like, they've, I think they've interviewed every former pro skater. <laughs> <laughs> You're I mean, right. It's, it's a, it's a, a finite uh, resource. I mean, I mean, the comp- like if you combine the skate podcasts with some of the blogs that have gotten people to come out of you know, not retirement, but, you know, they're, they're doing other things in their lives now. You know, really, like, the ultimate would be getting a, a Steve Rocco. And there's only one podcast that could handle Steve Rocco, and we're on it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to argue, and maybe this is a prediction that will never happen, but uh, I think skateboarding could use a little less nostalgia. Agreed. Strong agree. Like, wow. I feel like skateboarding is, like, a progressive activity and i think it needs to do a better job of living in the now and not looking back so much i mean there's there's definitely you know a sector of the industry that's aimed at frankly dudes our age who uh you know might be more fond of years since past but yeah i would i would love to to see a little bit more forward looking yeah i think a a podcast niche that isn't out there is just like kids like 18 to 23, just fucking talking about skating. Yeah, I would love mostly skateboarding to be replaced, like all of us to be replaced with young people. Like, I, yeah, I would love yeah, to some shit like that. that. Like, there's that one podcast, uh, what's it called, like, OK Last Try or something like that. Mm-hmm. I apologize for getting a name on, but yeah, just some shit like that. Cause most of the podcasts are like, fucking us, we're old. Like Chris Roberts and them, Daryl, like pretty much, you know, Bunt, Bunt's like, uh, they're probably like generation younger than us. They're probably like 30s or whatever. 
But yeah, some like a podcast with this the fucking like the kid with the kids. You know what I mean? It's games for the kids. Oh, so basically like mostly skateboarding, but a bunch of kids who all listen to Juice World, unironically. Yeah, or or whatever, whatever the kids are into these days. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there was uh, that episode of um, Giacomundo's podcast, Skating is Hard, where there was a bunch of the younger folks from Skate Twitter. Um, I was stuck in traffic. It was like two-hour traffic jam, and I laughed, and I laughed listening to that episode. Um, that uh, They have a, a, a little in-joke. It's called the Shoe Pants Check. That's the name of their group chat. And hmm. it was, I mean, it was a bunch of in-jokes I just did not get, but the energy was so infectious. And there's stories about stuff outside skating because the real world is so fucked for late teens, 20-somethings, that just their takes on everyday things like from work to parents, relationships, things like that. It's like, um, I don't know, it's like, a, it's like listening in on a Martian conversation. I mean, maybe we do need to do the, the, the guest editor for the Mostly Skateboarding podcast sometime i mean dude i'm down young people who listen to this show young people uh hit me up let's do this all seven of you yeah all you whippersnappers <laughs> yeah send me an email with uh like a photo of your driver's license or birth certificate so we can confirm your age let's, let's get max max hc the uh, yeah he was on yeah yeah, yeah. the, the, the fill-in host man before before we formed up with Patrick, he, he was around. He, yeah. He can cast. There's a, there's a, who else? Actually, also, uh, uh, more seriously, um, needs to be more women in the skateboarding podcast space. That's that's something that's definitely need. That's definitely something that the game needs. Um, there are a few women. Um, Kristen, who's on Vent City. Shout out to Vent City. Uh, as well as a few others out there. But I'm talking Rival about... Podcast. Yeah. Rival podcaster, Kristen Ebling. I mean, it's hey, sharks and jets. Like we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to get down. I heard that snap. <laughs> hey, ooh, ooh, can I, can I, can I do a prediction? Please do. Yeah, I foresee a big time '90s pro actual retirement this year. I guess it's this year. Costin? No way. He's never retiring. Just throwing it out there. Hmm. Like re- retiring, like I'm reti- like a form, like a press release via instagram i'm retiring see that's now you're now you're like making me think about this a little bit harder and it seems less and less plausible because there's no reason for a lot of the guys that are still sticking around to do that but uh maybe yeah, i don't know I'm, maybe instead of retiring somebody's gonna just get dropped and maybe they'll reframe it as a retirement i don't know i mean like there's you all speculated about it on the podcast there's also obviously chatter out in skate world that maybe vincent alvarez is going to call it a day after his part in the new chocolate video, Bunny Hop. Um, you know, he got last part, and maybe that's kind of like a chain. Like, you know, Carl Aikens had the penultimate part, and then Vincent Alvarez last part, and so maybe that's kind of like um, you know, changing of the guard. I could also be totally wrong. I mean, skate careers are way longer than they were when we were when we were teenagers. Yeah, after talking to John Morello, I don't think Vincent Alvarez is going to retire anytime soon. This is a skate rot. No, I did it in an accent. <laughs> Yeah, who, who was the I'll last sure. pro to like actually retire as such? Like Heath? Oh, you mean like a retire retire? Or are you talking about like uh, Mike Mo? Because Mike Mo announced his retirement, right? Yeah, but I... he was kind of like, I can't go on. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like right, I can't right. skate. I mean, I, I was thinking about Gino and Gino how he was kind of he was retired from Nike. You know, like yeah, criminal. That was criminal. Anti-Italian-American <laughs> this is, discrimination. This is anti-Italian discrimination. 
<laughs> Shout out Silvio. Yeah, sure. Oh, just yeah, like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a difference between sponsors letting you go and actually retiring, like while you're still, you know, what I mean, an active pro. I mean, it's so insanely rare. Yeah, it's it's rare as shit. Mm-hmm. Like, like Kerchart. He did it the best way. I mean, he, he is the gold standard of how you should leave the industry. Go out at an absolute high and then be really chill and high five people at skate video premiere. But like he, he, he ended his career at the right time in the right way with the right songs. So boom. I mean, maybe we get the cost and retirement part opening the new skate mental video. What about that? Hensley style. Be oh, like to see that. Yeah, I forgot I about it. Well. Damn, you're like you're ending completely, it. Like, Templeton. I completely forgot that he was on skate metal. Isn't that sad? <laughs> I don't know. It is what it is. It's a board sponsor. It's not that. Yeah, I mean oh, that's like deal anymore. hanging on. Yeah, just like, and I didn't like that first graphic that he did with skate mental. But I mean, you know. It's no hate because if you're still, if your skate company has been in existence for however many, more than five years at this point, like Shoutsu, you are doing something right. If you figured out enough people are buying my boards and I can pay my rent, pay my mortgage, whatever, hey, you, fi- you figured it out. My taste means nothing. Will we see the Phelps hologram in 2022? <laughs> are you asking? That was, a 29- that was a 2019 prediction to Phelps hologram. Hmm. I mean, maybe Thrasher might do something that that makes them jump the shark. You never know. He 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 shows up on the on the on the South by like somehow South by Texas Death Texas Death Match. Is that what that's called? No, nah, that's from Jim's Ramp Jam. I think they I think they revived the Texas Death Match. Yeah, I think they Austin. do do the oh. Texas Death Match. But yeah, Somebody. I mean, that's like the perfect South by Southwest Phelps hologram brought to you by you know some venture capital backed AI startup. There's Phelps on top of the mini ramp harassing people. Well, now my mind is starting to go into a pretty weird place because Templeton, you just said, you know, a South by Southwest presentation. What if, say, for example, you use old footage? I don't know. Like, uh, there's lots of talk about deep fakes, obviously, um, in elections and electioneering. A deep fake. A deep fake of skateboarding is, it, you know, you know, you basically got the motion capture. What if you were able to deep fake a whole part? I just heard somebody say what? So. <laughs> no, 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 no that's because if people found out that you de- that you did that, that would no. Sheckler deep fakes the uh, El Toro backside flip. Damn, I want to see deep fake clips now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like I like for some reason my mind went into that space. And I was just like. You know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Like, as cringeworthy as your idea about Phelps, uh, your prediction about uh, Phelps hologram, <laughs> it's also like, hey, like, that's something that somebody would say, like, hey, why not? Like, we'll have a laugh about it. We have plenty of footage of the guy. And, you know, it'll be a cool way to preserve his memory and new technology. I mean, like, they had a Tupac, you know, they had, a, like, a, a Tupac hologram at Coachella. And it was, it takes a lot to get something at a festival like that. There, it has to go through however many decision makers. It's not just somebody's, you know, uh, fever dream. So I'm sure there's enough people in Thrasher's orbit who would be like, absolutely, Phelps hologram. And likewise, there might be somebody sneaky enough who might try to deep fake a video. Metaverse skate videos. It would not be stoked to see that. No, absolutely not. <laughs> By the way, I, tell me that I know you're trying to wind it down, but Mike... <laughs> You absolutely should pitch that idea um, and charge accordingly. Okay. 
big yeah, bucks. No, I'm, I'm really into this. Like, dang, dude, you just you just engineer these tricks for these people. Like, actually, maybe if it was just someone posting like a single trick on Instagram, like something crazy, like whatever, like kickflip, backside, tailside, big spin out, El Toro or whatever. Maybe someone might do it. Someone that just like is not of the culture at all. Like just for like as like a stunt. Right. Like Lil Wayne will do it or something like. Yeah. Mm. Or Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill deep fake kickflip. Yeah. <laughs> Jonah Hill, Michael Bay. They're going to put it together. Jonah, the Jonah Hill, Michael Bay crossover is the Mike Mo kickflip from the intro of Holy Flared. Mm-hmm. Switch flip. Yeah, pretty much. Switch flip. Excuse me. Which I was very stoked on the first time I ever saw it. Which brings us to the end of our show, (laughs) where we talk about what we're stoked on. Mike, what are you stoked on this week? It's a great question. Um, Was down in Florida over the holidays, got to push around outside, and it's really great because it's so goddamn cold here right now. It's like negative degrees all day. So um, I'm just holding on to that little memory of being outside on actual outdoor asphalt, all that. Also... um, Met an old guy from Michigan while skating down in Florida who had skated the Twin City Skate Oasis in the late 80s, early 90s, what he'd said. And I don't know. I love little interactions like that. It's always fun. Already mentioned it, but the uh, previous episode of this podcast where uh, Templeton and Jason interviewed John Morello, who made the chocolate video, it's fantastic. So go listen to that if you haven't done it yet. And finally, I made a really great steak in the oven. This, and I've been working to figure out how to actually do that with any consistency. And I might have cracked the code. So stoked on that steak from last night. Jason, what are you stoked on? Uh, first of all, Mike, please drop that recipe in the group chat. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Cause I'm, yeah, because I'm always trying to like perfect steak, especially indoors. But yes, yes, please. Absolutely. Anyway, stoked on, uh, talked about trucks earlier, stoked on Venture Trucks, that brand out of San Francisco, California. Also talked about Ben Laurie earlier. Uh, My boy Dan put me on to a new edit from this guy, Nico Cavella, brought to you by the folks at Vague Skate Mag. I'm assuming they're Euro or German or something. I don't know. But anyway, it's a little edit focusing on that one plaza in Melbourne that you've probably seen with like the super long ledges and people do like super long no slides and shit on it, focusing on that and Ben Laurie, you know, do a bunch of other rippers. Also over the past couple weeks, been stoked on like old GNS videos, like footage with Nona riders and stun. One part that, that fucking rips is Willie Santos's part in stun mainly because he skates to this, like, I guess it's like a hair metal song or something. And it's totally the opposite of, you know, Willie Santos's brand, you know, but it fucking kicks ass stoked on that. Like 91 era videos in general. Uh, Patrick, what are you stoked on this week? Um, I'm stoked on Spitfire wheels. Um, I was very happy to have some time off and get to enjoy the mostly skateboarding podcast as a fan, which I am first and foremost, uh, y'all did brilliant job and it's actually really fun listening to skate podcasts in the freezing cold. I had a little time where I could go walking by myself and oh, it's wonderful. It was awesome to see my family. It was great to be home for Christmas again. It's I have three younger brothers and it was the first time we were all home since 20, 2018. So that was really, really, really awesome. And then also getting to go up to the Catskills and see Big Pink. 
Um, I loved the chocolate bunny hop video. Um, shout out to Adam and to Kevin for hooking me up with the tickets, um, as was well uh, their boy Ben over at Krail Tap. Um, it was a great video. Um, I won't bore you with the details. Y'all saw it, but the vibe was generally really warm and friendly and holiday like. And it was people. There were definitely people. There were definitely people partying at the after party. But it was like just like sort of like um, being like at a really nice office Christmas party, um, except with a really cool DJ. And I love that photo of Cardiel doing a padlet, trying a padless five forty in the snow. I think it's in Sweden. There's a link in the show notes. It's awesome. If you've never seen it, I think there's footage. And finally, I've been bumping a lot of the band, um, especially getting to go up to Woodstock and Socrates, but uh, also a lot of pavement, particularly the song Spit on a Stranger from Terror Twilight. Templeton, what are you stoked on this week? Lately, I've been really stoked on walking. That's, you know, it's kind of the state of my life right now. It's like super into walking. Just, you know, it's raining. I can't really ride my bike or go skate. So walking is the thing. Uh, also, a video that came out this week called Leap Year by Cole Navin. Navin? Uh, I don't know. But really good. It's like um, Portland and San Francisco footage, like six minutes long. I've watched it four times already, which, you know, most videos I watch like once. Maybe if I'm talking about it on the podcast, I'll watch it two or three times. But this one, super high rewatchability factor. And also stoked on Skate Trivia, which I got this week from friend of the show Gordon Eckler. Uh, you guys should all check it out. I mean, I think if you listen to this show, Skate Trivia is very much in your wheelhouse. So, yeah, that's what I'm stoked on. And that's it for our show this week. Be sure to check out MostlySkateboarding.net for links to the things that we talked about and other show notes. Until next time, you can keep up with us all week online. Patrick, where can the people find you? You can find me on Instagram at pkigongo, or you can find me on Twitter at Colonel K Speaks. Uh, Mike, where can the people find you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram with the same handle on each at M Munzenrider. Bonus prediction: I might quit Instagram this year. Haven't been feeling it. Whoa! I know. Jason, where can the people find you? On the Twitter at Carbonite1994. On Instagram at Frozen and Carbonite. And writing stuff for CorderFacts.com. Templeton, where can the people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Mostly Skateboarding and on Twitter at Mostly Skate. We'll see you guys next week. Be safe, y'all. However you feel, whatever it takes, whenever it's real, whatever awaits, whatever you need. Whatever awaits me
catch and were a perfect match Like two bitter strangers And now I've seen the long and short of it And I can make it last well, I could spit on a stranger You're a bitter stranger Well, I could spit on a stranger Try the things you'll never try